What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet where myself, Dan Selke, your winnerscoming.net, and Mia Johnson of dorksoutoftheforest.com have the bravery and cojones mas grandes to talk about the most important issues of the day, including dragon space lasers, uh, superheroes uh, may or may not be getting their full comeuppance and what they deserve after a very popular, buzzy Disney Plus streaming service. Um, Mia, how are you today? Um, you know, I'm a little sleepy. Uh, I had to start oh, my day off way earlier than normal, so I'm kind of dragging. But you know, I was looking forward to this, and I've I've saved up the energy to finish the day strong. This is definitely one of those weeks where it feels like it's Thursday already. I don't actually get those very often, but I definitely am feeling it this week because we're having some like these kind of early morning things, and just. I'm definitely on like a, the weekend's got to be almost here because my body feels ready to stop. Um, <laughs> exactly. Feeling. Exactly. But, I'm right there with you. But it's not. And we're here to talk about some House of the Dragon updates, some WandaVision. We got to review the finale of WandaVision, of course, and give our our definitive thoughts on whether it was a success or a failure. And um, also talk about maybe where things are going. Thanks for joining us, everybody. If you have comments, as always, pop on in the chat and we will respond. Hey, Julie. And uh, yes, Richard is there. Take it on comments. He sees everything. He sees all. He is God. Um, hey, Nicole. Hey, Lonnie. She said dragon. Someone said dragon. Okay. I thought we would start today by... Richard is definitely here. Yes. He's, he's always here, man. I think when the thing is off, he's still here. It, it bows me out a bit. It is Thursday in Australia, yes. But here it is Wednesday, but it feels like Thursday. So, it kind of feels like Friday to you. And Julie, your thing is on the way. Julie won the Wit Club prize hey. this month. Although, I'll say... They sent it to, to my place, not yours, so I have to send it to you. That's a mistake. I don't know how that <laughs> happened, but it's on the way. All right. So, that our first topic today is take us off with some Game of Thrones stuff. 
You know, we're getting closer and closer to filming on House of the Dragon, the noted Game of Thrones prequel program that will take place over a hundred years before Game of Thrones. Tell the story of the Dance of the Dragons, a brutal Targaryen civil war that tore Westeros apart decades before any of the characters we knew were born. And you know, um, it's picking up steam. We know a bunch of the cast members. We know the contours. We know the talent involved. Everything seems to be falling into place. But uh, there's some trepidation in general that I think is kind of put into words by one of the cast members, um, Olivia Cook, seen here in like a very nice hair moment, just oh, yes. uh, with her hair just like completely on point, flowing in the way you want it to for a glamour shot, lit all right. I'm just saying like that's that's a nice that's a nice image um, talking about the program. She plays Allison Hightower, one of kind of two combatants in this war. I have I, like, repeated that enough, by the way, that it's now in your head? Yeah, it's that name sounds familiar. I'm, like, putting together, like, who it's like a little chessboard in my mind, kind of. So, it's been it's working. Good. I figure Professor I'll just keep Selkie. saying it, and then yeah. by the time it rolls around, like, we will be ready to go. Exactly. I've got it all up in here. <laughs> and I am reading um, Fire and Blood now, finally. And awesome. it is quite entertaining. Like, it is. It, it, it's nice to get back into that world and just like sink into another, even like Game of Thrones adjacent story. I feel like, you. I've there got, is a reason I fell in love with that story in the first place. Anyway, she was talking. I was just going to say, I, I'm getting so many Star Wars books now. So, yeah. How many of those come out like a month? Uh, I mean, that's like one major novel a month and more than that, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> gotcha. And hey, Diane, hope you're doing well as well. Anyway, Olivia Cook has been top there talking about the show because she has a movie to promote, Pixie, I believe. And she was asked about, you know, the blowback to the ending of the original show. She was talking about Washington. She said, what happened with Daenerys? I was okay with it because I was expecting it. But it's hard, you know. I'm a bit nervous about the new one. You're never going to please everyone. So I've just got to not listen to that stuff. Okay, I have a couple points here. A, that sounds um, almost eerily like what the cast were saying when they were asked what happened in the final season of Game of Thrones. Like, you can't please everyone was a common refrain. But like, and more in general, like, what what does the kind of um, cultural blowback to the end of Game of Thrones mean for where a Game of Thrones successor series starts? Like, how on the minds of people watching it do you think that is? Is that like a disadvantage to go into what you hope will be a long-running successful series with, let me let's face it, even if you love the ending, and a lot of people do it, and I enjoyed it, I mm-hmm. especially, I'll talk about it later when we talk about WandaVision too, like compare and contrast yeah. a bit. I mean, like, it, it, can, can you really avoid that? And are they right to be nervous about this? Like, is there going to be an extra magnifying glass on this? Because mm. I feel like there will be. I feel like there's going to be people who are like, is going to pick up where Game of Thrones left off and disappoint us. I feel like that's going to be like the narrative until they can prove otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me speak uh, as the Star Wars expert <laughs> for a moment. Okay, that's my, true. There, there are definitely my... some parallels to be made. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like with the last sequel trilogy, um, the last three movies, honestly, all of those were very controversial. So um, this has me thinking about, you know, like The Mandalorian was kind of that first spinoff to come on the mm-hmm. tail of all of this backlash about those movies. Um 
And it's like you, I think as a fan in general, for both of those things, you just get excited because it is new stuff um, for this world. Sure. Because you are yeah. still a fan of the characters and the stories and the lore and all that stuff. So you kind of come in, it's like anxious and excited, but also, yeah, a little bit cautious. Maybe you're, it depends on who you are. Um, you know, you can come in with your guard down with your expectations pretty low. I almost came in with my expectations low for the Mandalorian because I was like, I had never seen anything yeah. like that before. Uh, but this, you know, is 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 a spinoff of another TV series, not a TV series spinoff of a movie. So it's just kind unusual. of in a different league. But um, yeah, I mean, I expect people to still just be excited about it anyway, just because it is, you know, in that Game of Thrones world and they're a fan of the you know, the whole world. So I don't think one season out of an entire eight is going to entirely ruin it. You know, the whole next series coming. I mean, I agree. I guess the counterpoints would be the internet has such a long memory. Like that's kind of what it prides itself on, (laughs) but so selectively long, like it it forgets things for big chunks. And then the second anything related to it pops up, like it's time to rehash the entire drama and think pieces in Twitter threads, in everything. And I mean, it's definitely... I mean, remember, when Game of Thrones came out, I mean, Twitter was around, but not the force it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so interesting the way social media narratives shape um, business decisions now, Mm -hmm. shape the way people approach media. Like, there was that earnings call the other day with Disney, where, like, investors were asking were basically like parodying um like twitter threads about gina carano and about kathleen kennedy like the way the social media discourse like works its way into like real top level discussions and i i do think it'll have a magnifying glass on it but i also say the mandalorian comparison i mean like that had me episode one like the first one i was like oh this is gonna work (laughs) like yeah (laughs) you could just tell and then it, it pretty much did. And then it lost its way in the second season. And now it's going to go down a deep, dark hole. Um, or or not. <laughs> um, so if... I mean, the, and, the, and that's the good thing. Like, there's so much anticipation, maybe even dread over what certain corners of the fandom might do if they want to cause a ruckus. But if the show is good, if mm-hmm. the series is as good as it seems to be making out to be, it won't matter at all. Because, I mean people fans especially are so fickle too like yes they will tear you down the top of a hat but honestly if you make something they like they're on your side again like it doesn't take a whole lot to get a fandom to flip which is Mm. good and bad because if they're if you're in their bad graces you can win it back like all you got to do is make an episode they like if you're in their good graces it can also go the other way really easily yeah it really it's like the memory what to say like the memory of a goldfish and it's like Mm-hmm. It it's it's hard, you know, to be like how how much should we, you know, like bend the knee to these fans because and again, sometimes when I see stuff like on Twitter, and I think Twitter is like the voice. Sometimes you it know, maybe you can be. say Reddit, sometimes Facebook I feel like is a, an entirely different audience on its own as well, because like I'll read so the Star Wars comments on Twitter versus like Facebook for <laughs> You know, I won't say, but completely different opinion. So it seems like, you know, these companies are really having their eye on like Twitter. And for example, like Dr. Seuss is the first thing to come to mind. And it's like now, you know, reevaluating like 
in Universal Studios, what should we do about like they have a Dr. Seuss land? Um, and they're like, should we take out everything? You know, because Twitter has, has, you know, started to cause a ruckus about all this. And, um, we've talked about this a lot, a lot, a lot before. So I won't go on too much, but yeah, it, it really is just this goldfish mindset, you know, where it's like you swing one way today and you swing another way, you know, the next day. And it's, it's like, okay, well, then how much should we, you know, continue to give into these small fan voices? And uh, we have some great. I, I I agree with you. And I did not hear about that Dr. Seussland thing. Oh man, I, remember, I, I I might Google that later. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we have some great comments here that I want to read them. Uh, Julie says, "I think it will lose some. This is House of the Dragon, but a lot will still tune in and hope it measures up the previous seven years. Too many have invested a lot of time in GOT, which exactly. I think is true. I mean, it was such a huge conversation." And I'm sure it will. I mean, it'll definitely attract people. The, the, the question is, can it keep them like and that will depend on whether it's a good product out of the gate. And the pilot to Game of Thrones is a really good pilot. Like it's an excellent episode. It ends with you can't like make an episode where incestuous twins push a kid out a window at the very end and not want to see what happens next. <laughs> like that was right. a good that was a good tee off. So as long if they can meet that level, I think it will be a success and they can just kind of plow through whatever bad chatter might occur. And as James Loon says, House of the Dragon needs to exist on its own. It needs to distance itself from GOT to be successful in its own right, not to be as a new show to fix disappointment of the old one. Completely agree with that, too. And I, I do think I think there are companies who would try to, like, fix the old one. And, like, make it more self-conscious. I don't think HBO is one of them. I think the people involved here are going to at least try and tell a separate story. I think they will give it the old college try. I I, I hope that won't be a problem. Yeah, I don't don't know. To me, it's kind of hard to imagine a Game of Thrones-ish, you know, series that's not kind of a copycat of the first series. I mean, it can be done, I'm sure. Um, I just kind of, I guess, lack the critical thinking outside of the (laughs) boxness. I want to interrogate that for a second. How do you mean, Mia? Not a copycat. Like, what would uh, um, be a copycat to you? I mean, maybe it's just me and the, I don't know, the fact that it is just a fantasy setting. Um, you know, it's a couple, you know, a handful of years set before the events of the original series. At the same time, I can still kind of see the costuming being the same. The castles oh, yeah. are kind of saying the landscapes are the same. Um I guess maybe the story structure could be a little bit different. It um, will be. The tone can be different as well. Um, if the tone is the same, I might consider it kind of a copycat style. Um, like you said, maybe they, if they introduce flashbacks or something like that. If you got me going like through a list of all these TV tropes. Um, Interesting. <laughs> so, well, I mean, because yeah. then you get into like what, like. What is a franchise? Like, st- mm-hmm. like you, you were a Star Wars fan. I'm going to guess you uh, welcomed the prequels, sequels, Mandalorian, even though, I mean, they all involve, you know, hopping planets and lightsabers yeah. and <laughs> Jedi and the same. They, they could have Tatooine like eight million times. But, yeah. the same, but those, you know, all yeah, no, you're have right. their own yeah. followings. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right about that. Mandalorian, right? They played with genre, so... The more I think about it, it's kind of like working it out in my head. Like maybe copycat is not the same word, but you know, making yeah, it its, its own it unique is. series. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> We've been up for way too long. That eight o'clock in the morning stuff doesn't work. Speaking of franchises, another huge franchise that 
you know is coming back at some point, but they just haven't wanted to tip their hand, I guess, is Harry Potter, the British boy under the stairs who learned he was a wizard and whisked the world off on a magical adventure to a wizarding school where he fought a um, a uh, sorcerer Nazi and learned to live with himself. Now, huge story, very popular. Everyone knows it. There's been a lot of controversy lately. There's been like some conflicting things we're getting about what Warner Brothers is going to do with Harry Potter because like at first there were rumors they're going to adapt the original books, but I still have my bookcase, by the way. I read them when I was like 13 or whatever mm-hmm. um, as like a TV show. Then Casey Bloy's programming head said, we don't have, we're not planning that. We don't have any, well, no, what it was like, we don't have any writers attached. There's like nothing official uh, production, yeah. which I, I think is a little like kind of dodgy language. And then, like, but just, like, a week later, then you have, I think, the Warner Media CEO, uh, Jason Killar, uh, saying, there's this little thing called Harry Potter, one of our most beloved franchises. And we're incredibly thankful to be able to partner with J.K. Rowling. And so, I would argue there's a lot of fun and potential there as well. So, I guess my question there is, we all know they're going to make something. We all, <laughs> right? Like, we all yeah. know there's too much money. We all know they're going to make a sequel movie or a prequel movie or a TV show or a web series or another park or something. Mm-hmm. I guess the question is, since it's coming, no matter what we do, and this goes for everybody out there listening, what Harry Potter thing do you want to see next? Since it's inevitable, do you want to yeah. see a prequel movie about the Marauders or whatever? Do you want to see a sequel Uncharted territory? Do you want to see a TV show on HBO Max? Just adapt the original books what do you want and why? And I guess it should all go away is a good answer, too. Is yeah. it? Oh, no, not good. A, an acceptable answer. And, yeah. <laughs> a valid answer. I, I think I'm definitely in favor of a series or two, perhaps. Um, mm. I think there's definitely some stuff worth exploring, like, you know, stuff about like Harry Potter's dad, for instance, like what was he up with? Was it Lupin and all those people yeah, all making them, fun of all them, Snape? All folk. And <laughs> I would like to see a young Snape again. That would be pretty cool. Um, let's see. The other thing I was thinking kind of like, you know, the whole order of the Phoenix that his parents were in and Neville's parents and all of those people kind of that generation before and how they were fighting against the dark arts and stuff. They can go further back than that, but I do think, I, I would like to see some of the stories of kind of the way Marvel is doing, like the stories of the characters we know about, but yeah. are not Harry Potter, so they didn't get Harry Potter time, <laughs> so to speak. Um, because, yeah, that, it's like with the MCU, each kind of character has their own solo movie because that's how comics work. But Harry Potter is literally the story of Harry Potter. So it's never really been like, oh, well, what if we do a spinoff about Snape or, you know, which I would love to even see Alan Rickman and something and, you know, unfortunately can't, but Oh, well, no. I mean, um, do you fake it, but no. But, oh god, yeah, pull up, oh my gosh, yeah, Carrie Fisher, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited at this possibility. I won't say that I'm like upset. I would love to see more Potterverse stuff within the realm of, you know, not just movies, but basically doing what everybody else does at this rate. Um, I honestly wish they would cancel the rest of the Fantastic Beast series. Yeah, I can uh, do too. Movies just so that they can clear their schedule for like some series. <laughs> so, something people want to watch, maybe. They can clear it for <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. 
I mean, we have some various things in the comments. We got someone, I mean, A, not a Potter fan, Christian. I understand. Everyone is. Um, we got some Adventures of Dobby, the Free House Elf. Great. We got Ooh. a Potter prequel about uh, Death Eaters, Hunting Wizards, and the Rise of Voldemort. We got James Potter period, the Marauders period. Fun for watch. The most recent rumors say we're going to adapt the Cursed Child play as a movie. Yeah. Which does seem kind of obvious. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, can you imagine? If they got Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, and Emma Watson back together for a sequel yeah. movie, like the hype would make itself. And they're pretty much old enough too to be in those roles because it's like Completely. now they're all parents in that. So you know why not? I mean, the only problem is, I mean, that like pretty much everything else Harry Potter has produced since the end of the books got a lot of backlash. I mean, yeah. which I, I almost think you, it's. It's it's so weird. Like I, I'm split on whether you like just push through the backlash because it's going to happen anyway, or if you s- slow down to listen and consider, like, do people really want this? Because uh-huh. I think that's a, a harder question to p- figure through than it might seem at first. But honestly, what I'm most in favor of, and I don't know if you guys agree with me, like a lot of folks don't, is just mm-hmm. just just adapt the original books for TV. Do it for TV. I think that would make the most sense. I think Ooh. those are the only Harry Potter works that haven't gotten huge backlash, first of all. The only ones, like, everyone loves. And, I mean, I was going to say it. The only story people seem to be universally interested in. I don't know. I don't really want to see a prequel movie that much. And I guess I would watch a sequel. But I would just say, go do it in a, in, in a different way with different people. Ooh, and interesting. In a longer form way, so you could put in stuff that wasn't couldn't fit into the book, something like that. Yeah, I would watch that. I'm not seeing Fantastic Beasts three though. We do have some agreements <laughs> there. Yeah, can we just can we make enough noise? Like if they can resurrect the Snyder cut, can they also like put to rest Fantastic Beasts like That's a right, soul for a soul? Because <laughs> Warner Brothers does respond to people screaming on Twitter. That's very true. We just got to get a hashtag going. <laughs> Yeah, I'll reach out and, you know, let them know my thoughts, but I'm I'm kind of tied on adapting the series as um as, you know, adapting the book series as a, you know, expanded television series. I think only because the movies were so much like a part of my childhood, yeah. so I kind of get like that nostalgia attachment to where it's like anybody who's not Daniel Radcliffe or Brooke Grant or Emma Watson, it's like how dare you <laughs> you know that sort of thing um yeah i like i wouldn't be opposed to seeing like some of those moments in the book that got left out the books that got left out because that definitely is is fan service and you'd love to see all those moments but it would be it's it would be really really hard for me to kind of let go of the movies and accept like a new canon or accept you know whatever universe they're trying to build you're probably right. I mean, like, my argument was, like, it wouldn't have backlash, but I'm like, what am I? Of course it would. It would be, like, the second <laughs> someone was cast, everyone yeah. would be all over it. Oh, yeah, more, yeah Picking yeah. apart exactly how it's wrong and inappropriate. Not my Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. That, that that would be the hashtag. I mean, it, it's, it's just coming, and I just wish they would just announce something, because it, it seems silly to keep it under wraps like this. We know you have something. Just do it. All right, and finally, Mia, we have to talk about the WandaVision finale and what and what else we're watching. Um, the series, WandaVision, it's over. Nine episodes, around a half or five minutes long each. The very first TV show set in the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe to debut on Disney+. And after watching the finale, 
I think the the whole series was a good time and that the finale was all right. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel the same way, but I'm like, it's kind of like getting off of a roller coaster ride and it's like, I have to give them a round of applause for pulling this off. Yeah. And it's not like Marvel hasn't made TV series before. No, but, this but one MCU. Just, well, right. Within the, like, really, really within the MCU and connected, they just blew it out of the water. I mean, the fan response was awesome. Like the Mandalorian, that weekly stuff worked every single time. Mm-hmm. People now hate the words, please stand by, you know, <laughs> I'll go raging in the streets because of that. <laughs> but yeah, they did an awesome, awesome job. Like they made me love a character who I could honestly care less about. Um, just by kind of building up that story slowly but surely and just showing us this whole other side of someone we've never gotten to see before. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been looking at it as a whole versus this kind of the finale because I was a little not like super underwhelmed with the finale, mm-hmm. but just it was just sort of like, well, all right, you know, this happened. The story right. is over. I appreciated the story that they had to tell. And now it's over. <laughs> I agree with you that they did an overall good job with the series as a whole. I mean, they did a lot of cool stuff. They had the the sitcom pastiche, kind of like the, the, the mystery beginning was very intriguing. The kind of middle part where the, I think the conflict was mostly like, is Wanda going to kill everyone? Um, that yeah. <laughs> was a good watch. I, I mean, to me, I, I, the, f- at the end, it did kind of confirm that old chess I've been hammering out about sometimes that Marvel <laughs> movies and now TV shows tend to be good, but not great. Because mm-hmm. to me, the, the, the finale did sort of um, confirm that it wasn't really interested in going the whole way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to elaborate if you want. Well, yeah, if you're if you're going where I'm going, I think the, the sure, kind of ahead. whole, okay, she reveals the townspeople find out what she's been doing. And we've been talking about her kind of being held responsible for her actions. And I thought they were going to kick her, you know what, for a minute. I was like, oh, she's in trouble. You know, they've yeah. woken up and all this stuff. And then, you know, eventually it happens. She just, you know, does her walk of shame out of town. And who's that? Monica Rambeau is like, she says something like, you know, they won't know the sacrifices that you made. And it was like, but it's, you know, is Wanda's, you know, grief comparable to what they had to, you know, put up with just <laughs> during all of that? No, like that line <laughs> ticked me off. It was like, they'll never know what you suffered. Oh, do you mean... Like, subsuming their wills for weeks on end, putting them in pain, probably locking that one girl's daughter in a room she couldn't see, basically torturing them for weeks. Like, no, Wanda, they don't look at you the same way anymore. Like, saying that as she was like, they'll never look at me like like I'm a good person. Like, well, no no crap, they won't. Like, look at what you did to them. Like, you, you basically tortured them for weeks or however long it lasted. And then she just flies away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I feel a little cheated that, because to me, again, I've said this before, like, to me, that was like, that was like, that was the good bit. Like, that was what mm-hmm. was really bold about it was that they were really going to go there and show a hero. And she said, like, heroes don't torture people. But like, uh, apparently heroes flee crime scenes they created. <laughs> And fly away. <laughs> this is basically like if Captain America got drunk and came home, was driving home from an Avengers party, because back in the 40s, that was not as much of a taboo, um, hit a kid 
He's on the side of the road, looks out the window and goes like, and just drives away. That is basically what Wanda did. She came to a town. She traumatized this town full of people for God knows what kind of therapy they're going to need. And then the show let her off the hook. It it, it let her off the hook. It just let her fly (laughs) away and go to a Canadian retreat somewhere where she's looking at books in her spectral form. Um, So, yeah, I, I think that if you weren't really interested in holding her accountable, I don't like, why would you show us how much pain they were in in the first place? Like that scene was the best scene of the episode where they all woke up and they were like, Wanda, please, I'll be destroying, let let my daughter out of her room. Like that kind of thing. Or like, or what was it? They were saying like, let us go or kill us. Killing us would be good. Just do that. I don't want to live anymore. Like that was intense. Like you put them through pain and then the worst they get is like some, some like 50 yard stairs. And like, that's it. And then you leave. I, I, I just wish that either they would have gone further and actually, I don't know, make her turn herself in or something or, yeah. or, or, or go to the Hague or um, or just not not highlight that part of it if you weren't going to follow through with it. Yeah, you know, your Captain America analogy sounds very Homelander like. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. So like in another light. <laughs> This could be like the boys. And it's like, is Marvel kind of, you know, setting themselves up as that superhero agency and kind of being like, oh, they're superheroes, you know, they get a free pass, you know. But <laughs> it, it did seem like they used Agatha's, you know, evil witchness on top of um, Haywood, the, the sword director, like those two evils to be like, yeah, Wanda did this, but oh my gosh, you know, look over here, you know, Agatha is... is Honestly, Agatha, how much did she do wrong? Hmm. It's like R slash Thanos was right. I mean, oh, I'll say that. Not as much as Wanda <laughs> did wrong. Not in this, not even close. This is a true discourse. Now that she I think about it. She just kind of came on in and, you know, she she killed the dog, but it was a hologram, you know, so you can't feel that too. That dog was even real. Yeah. I mean, she, she didn't torture anybody. I mean, she, I guess, tortured the two kids, which is bad. But also, mm-hmm. they're fake people, too. No, that's not wrong. F- fake people are real people. Wait, whatever. <laughs> that is not a bad yeah. point. Like, yes, I honestly think Wanda did way worse things than Agatha in the course of this series. She is way more of a bad person. But again, I, I always knew they that they weren't going to really hold her responsible because she has to be in the next movie. So they can't really do that. But then why go there at all? So Good series overall. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was still a a, a Marvel show with all the limitations that implies. One last point. How did you feel about the... I got more points. Don't worry. Oh, great. (laughs) About the fan theory. Like, literally every single fan theory, you know, trying to get something to stick to the wall and that not happening, like, at all. I think, like, the Mephisto stuff was a huge, you know nothing burger even the, <laughs> though the evan peters thing that to me was the most disappointing like you know oh we set this up to make a boner joke and it was like oh because that okay, was intentional I <laughs> like that oh, yeah. one they like i don't blame anybody for thinking mephisto whoever that is going to show up and then he doesn't like that's right. that's on the fans like i i don't hold the creators responsible for people they have no control over concocting narratives in their head and then being sadly don't come to pass like that's not their fault the evan peters thing that was their fault like yeah they 
they cast a guy from Fox X-Men movies in a Marvel show knowing Disney had just bought Fox and knowing we were all looking forward to seeing whether the X-Men are going to make it into the MCU. Like, mm-hmm. that was an intentional bait and switch. That was a prank that may be a little yeah. kind of a mean-spirited prank. <laughs> so that one, it's like, it's, it's sort of funny, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's funny enough to justify, like, the sort of underhandedness of it. The other theories, though, like, no. Think whatever you yeah, want, fan that, theories. The, I think the other thing was people were getting really hype about, you know, cameos. So Doctor Strange was, like, the biggest. I read some, you know, leaker who said, like, Wong was going to come in as well. And in a sense, I kind of get it. Like, I was hoping, you know, like, at that 11th hour, it would be, like, Doctor Strange comes out. And, you know, they're setting up, like, multiverse of whatever, the you know, the title is. Um and I was like, oh, I'm really, really waiting for this moment. And it was like, no, absolutely not. And then there was a whole thing where, you know, the, you know, Luke Skywalker level cameo that got completely like thrown out of hand or interpreted, misinterpreted. And so it was like we we came in with all these expectations. I even have a friend who's just like a casual Marvel watcher. She was looking at all like the YouTube theory videos and stuff. And it just kind of you know, we all set ourselves up for failure. Um, so I think the lesson, hopefully, that we've all learned as fans is to, like, going into Falcon and the Winter Soldier is, like, to not <laughs> expect anything, just to, like, let it ride. Yeah, um, no one's learned that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, the, the the theory people will still be out there, but I, I at least will kind of... It's kind of hard to say have lower expectations, but in the sense of, like expecting all these wild theories to come through. I just kind of want to watch this straightforward now and be like, all right, it's a great action. You know, let's just see how the story unfolds. I mean, I'll repeat that. Like I, I, all that theory stuff, like that's not on the show itself. Like the sh- the text of the show yeah, yeah. doesn't imply anything. Yeah. We except the, except yeah. the Evan Peters thing. <laughs> the Evan Peters thing is different. That was intentional. The rest of it. No, my expectations for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was coming up next is I, I just hope it works th- that the story they're telling works within the framework they want to tell it in. Because I think Wanda Vision promised more than it gave. Not yeah. not in terms of we didn't get a cameo from Magneto mm-hmm. or whatever. In terms of they promised a thematic grappling with the nature of corruption, delusion, grief, and uh, responsibility. And they boiled it down to, they'll never know what you sacrificed. That's what disappointed me. That's what disappointed me about it. I, I, I yeah. don't care. We didn't get a Magneto cameo. That, again, that was never a thing. I yeah. mean, also, you know, I got serious live action Dragon Ball Z vibes from it, frankly, the finale. Oh, you yeah. Feel it at all? Like, just like <laughs> the, the air is like, pew, 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 pew. That's, that's what yeah, it was yeah, giving yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, they also had kind of like the Incredibles like scene where, you know, the family is getting into their superhero yeah, pose. That was kind of cute. Um, so yeah, it, it had its moments. It had its pitfalls. Um, it looks like they're trying to set up Captain Marvel too. I'm assuming, you know, with the whole, oh, the scrolls had come back and Monica's got powers and she's like in this estranged relationship with Captain Marvel and all this stuff. Um, and then whatever they're trying to do with the, you know, the kids calling out for Wanda and, you know, they might actually be alive and, you know, we might actually make the young Avengers. And I'm like, I, I don't know where y'all are going with that, but hey, I'm kind of in this for the long haul. 
Tune in next week to find out. Tune in to Doctor Strange 2. Tune in to the Winter Soldier. Tune in the next thing where Marvel, ABSU, always be setting up. That's just their the the, the name of their <laughs> game. Like, like, and that I don't love. Like, again, I I wanted to be like a, a story that was full and complete. And I mean, I, I know they're going to do this thing or stuff. I know they're going to do like the, this is going to go next. But, mm-hmm. and I'd be fine with it if they... But again, like the, the, the stinger stuff I said this before is, is the reason they can't be great because you can't have a full reckoning for a character when you have to set up the next thing they're in. Even Vision yeah. coming back. I mean, they found a way to not make him dead anymore. Like for reals, for reals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure White Vision will go off yeah. and have a little adventure and he'll get some, he'll like go to a cottage and learn from a little girl the meaning of life and happen or something like that <laughs> and come back and he'll be all better and they'll get back together and he's not going to be dead and that's just yeah. a little whatever it makes yeah. me question whether i can really invest and i'll say this about the game of thrones finale as many problems as it had at least it went all the way at least mm-hmm. it made a final statement about what this was all about People might not have liked that final statement, but it was a final statement. It did go through with the themes it had. And um, I know that's a rarity. And I know Marvel can't do that because it's not allowed to. But one day I'm going to be surprised. So just like tell smaller stories then. If you don't want to go that big, just make it a little smaller. Like don't Mm -hmm. torture people if you don't want. Okay, I've, I think I've said enough. <laughs> I wonder if Black Widow will be kind of the, the black sheep, so to speak, because no. the characters already died or already in the past. You know, will they find a way to thread this into another movie or will we actually just get that island tale where it's, yeah, it's a good all point. on its own? I mean, I guess they probably won't because, I mean, like, Paul Bettany is willing to come back as Vision, but I think Scarlett Johansson's probably done as Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like... They'll kill you off for good when literally the actor refuses to do anything else. Unless you pay them a billion dollars. Um, by the go. way, Christian says, she's chaos magic. You'll never know if she's going to decide on the good side or the bad side. Chaos equal red. Magic equals scarlet. Red witch. Which, sure. Yeah, I'm all for mm-hmm. ambiguity. I just don't think they were selling her as bad, though. Like, it'd be one thing if she fled the crime scene and it was depicted as, like, an evil act. But no, it was like mm-hmm. melancholy. It was like she sacrificed. It yeah. was like some sympathy for yeah. her. So that was my issue there. Are you or anybody else there watching watching anything else at the moment, Mia? Anything else um, on the screen in front of you? Am I watching anything else? Um, no, not really. I hmm, I feel like I have amnesia right now. It's kind of <laughs> <laughs> my thoughts have all been clouded by Marvel recently. Oh. We'll talk about what I'm watching next week, actually. <laughs> oh, that's right. Is that out next week? It is. Okay, very excited. Well, yeah, because, yeah, yep, I am. Yep, I'm yep, excited yep. to see what happens. I'm excited to see how it all goes down. <laughs> um, just for me, I'm just uh, fully binging the new RuPaul's Drag Race season. I'm um, oh, pretty nice. deep into it now. RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul's Drag Race UK. They're on at the same time. Wow, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? They got, like, Australia. They got Thailand. They got Holland. Oh my she gosh. has franchised that thing yes. to hell and back. <laughs> I can't imagine I how much money RuPaul has. It's insane. Fly back and forth. Hmm? This is RuPaul fly back and forth to all of the shows. She's not like in. Oh, that's the. She's she's, she's only in the UK and the and the American one. I don't think she okay, does Australia or any of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also Canada. Oot. Wow. Anyway. Um, not very fantasy, although in a way, it's all fantasy. 
And we'll be back next week to talk about more fantasy. RuPaul is a great witch. Oh, watch. Sorry. I thought like either one of those would work. Like a, it would take Agnes level witchery to do what she does. Um, anyway, everybody, we are available to watch whenever you want on the Winner is Coming YouTube page, Winner is Coming Facebook page. Uh, we're also available in podcast form if you want to listen to us um, on your commute or at the at the gym or on a walk or whatever through um, iTunes, Apple TV Plus. I'm sorry, iTunes and what's the other one that we're available in? Or if we're not we're in podcast yeah, form, have every, fun. Everywhere. And if you want to be a part of the Wick Club, Google Podcast, that's the one. There you go. And if you want to be a part of the Wick Club, where we give away prizes, extra articles every month, all you got to do is buy one of these nifty Wick shirts. And I can put a link to that in the chat if you're interested. Beyond that, we're here live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time at the Winter's Coming Facebook page and the Winter's Coming YouTube page. Thanks for watching and see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.